1: Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. Now, here's your hosts Casey Hudson and Kaylee Myzel.
0: What's going on football fans? Welcome to Jolly Rogers and touchdowns and Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Buccaneers insight and entertainment three times a week. That's right. Monday, Wednesday and Friday, we're sailing in with brand new episodes bright and early so when you're brewing that morning coffee hitting the gym or heading to work be sure to turn on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns and to make it even more convenient download that Odyssey app turn on that auto download button so that those episodes are just sitting there waiting for you first thing in the morning you can also catch Jolly Rogers and touchdowns on any of your favorite streaming platforms guys I am Casey Hudson joined by the one and only Kaylee Mizell Kaylee happy Thursday happy almost end of the week A lot of happiness on this cold Florida day. It's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's a great day here in the
1: sunshine state. Um, And uh, yeah, I've got my coffee brewed. I've got it all cozy ready. Yeah, I I decided to put on my sweatshirt. So feeling good uh, and feeling alive and ready to take on the weekend.
0: Oh yeah. I'm right there with you. The cold weather is helping and finally feeling like a human. Ladies and gentlemen, anyone dealing with that fall flu, therflu, chamomile nighttime tea is your best friend. I swear. I feel like a whole new human actually got a good workout in this morning. And yes, I am wearing a flannel as well as a puffer proudly <laughs> around Florida, Tampa Bay, Florida right now. So judge me if you will. Uh, I took off the turtleneck that I tried to step out in yesterday because everyone was like, is she really doing that? And I was like, yes, I am. Um, but, you know, I, I really like to lean into the fall to the fall vibes, if you will. And then the the cherry on top of the day was 645 in the morning, belting sweater weather by the neighborhood in my car. So <laughs> I think I'm all jacked up on caffeine, cold weather and and good music for the day. So ready for a weekend of hockey and football and just so glad to be feeling that much better. I can, I can talk without feeling like I need to like put a cloth or something around my throat (laughs) and drinking all the warm stuff. So it means it's time for us to jump into some team updates. Surprisingly for the first time in a while, we've got a good amount of updates for you guys, Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans and Buccaneer fans, if you will. Um, some exciting, some not so exciting, some casual updates and then some some little humorous touches if you will. So, Kaylee, you want to get us going on the injury updates. Um, you're the one who gave us breaking news last episode about yes. Logan Ryan uh and the surgery that he ended up having to get.
1: Yeah, so Logan Ryan is is going to be out. He's on the injured reserve list. So, um He's not participating um, in in any type of practices or anything like that right now. Um, He is, you know, recovering well from his surgery and will, you know, whenever he can start getting back into, you know, the physical therapy. And, you know, it's just a slow process to recovery whenever you have an injury like that. He did have foot surgery so that's what he's dealing with um and it took some time again for them to to decide that surgery was the route so I think that they did kind of go and see if there were any other options before surgery and there just weren't so right. really bummed um about that for, for him um and also for this Bucks defense but we'll get into that later Um, So that's probably the biggest update. If you did not see that piece of news, Logan Ryan is going to be out for an extended period of time with um, uh, healing from foot surgery.
0: Yeah. And Um, they're saying that he should be back by playoffs, right? Yes.
1: He should be back by the end of the season um, and playoffs. So I would expect him to, to really start. um, Maybe we'll start seeing him at practices in December and I would imagine, come January, we'll start seeing him. Um, hopefully, participating in in those practices and in games. Um, I would imagine that it's it's probably going to be a January kind of target. Um, okay. And again, it, it with these every person, it, it's different, and so. Could take a little bit longer than that it could be a little bit earlier than that but i would have my eyes on like we'll probably start seeing him have a facility and around the guys and doing stuff in december and then hopefully getting back into into the mix of things and and hitting people and getting you know full pass. turnovers yeah, yeah right by january maybe getting in games around that time as well aside from that um so um Cameron Bray obviously did not participate um again he is dealing with that neck injury um that neck sprain um he is you know okay and um you know luckily being able to to move all of his extremities and 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 he's okay aside from the sprain um but of course he did not participate in in practice and we will not expect to see him this week Um, A few other guys did not participate. That's Akeem Hicks with a foot injury. Julio Jones still struggling with that knee injury. Shaq Mason with an ankle injury. And Sean Murphy Bunting with a quad injury. None of those guys participated in practice on Wednesday. I do expect, Casey, some of them to maybe go to limited participation today. Mm -hmm. Because they are, again, just trying to manage those injuries. Um, but it's not always a case where they can't participate, but, but, you know, it's it's one of those things where if you're going to go out there and you're going to really hit some guys and you're really going to play as best as you can on Sunday, then you probably need to take it a little bit lighter during the week. And so I would imagine that we're going to see uh, maybe Julio Jones with some limited participation today, um maybe Shaq Mason uh mm-hmm. with some limited participation. But again, keep keep it locked on Jolly Rogers Instagram and Twitter. That's Jolly Rogers T D S on both Instagram and Twitter. And we will give you guys those updates as soon as they come out on both Thursday and Friday. There will be two more updates before the game on Sunday. So that's uh, injury-wise, um, th- those are our updates, Casey. But I do have more updates for
0: you. Hit me with it.
1: So we spoke quite uh, quite openly about <laughs> Tom Brady um, going in on his O-line on Sunday and getting very frustrated with him. And what we hadn't heard up to this point was how they felt about it. But never fear, because I have (laughs) to be to that question. Robert Haynesy was asked about um, Tom Brady and, and getting yelled at by Tom Brady. And he said, and I quote, I love that from him. He said, I know we all Love that from him. So not only he said that he loves it, but then he went even bigger than that, Casey. And he said that everyone on this O-line appreciates a guy like Tom Brady going in on them whenever they're not participating and not playing as good as they can. Mm -hmm. He said, "Uh, it might look weird on TV, but that's football. That's what you want from great teammates and great leaders. He's one of the best there is. I want nothing else from the quarterback than that. A guy willing to tell us what we need to do and when we need to step up. If he was just sitting there and not trying to get us going, that would not be who he is today. So they expect Tom Brady to do things like that. And they actually say, hey, you know what? That's what we want from a leader. We want him to go in on us and to say, you're not playing the way that you should be playing. You're better than that. And and I mean, that's essentially what Tom Brady said. Right. So <laughs> Robert Hainsey, who has really taken this O-line and has really led this O-line um, since that early injury um, and, and since he kind of took over that role as center, he's saying for his entire O-line, we don't have a problem with that. We love that from Tom Brady and Tom Brady wouldn't be who he is if he didn't do that so Casey, I thought that that was a very interesting and very telling because from the outside, you don't know always how it will like create a
0: lot of storylines.
1: this feel disrespectful. Is he, is this okay? And they have come out and said emphatically, no, we love this. He's our guy and we want him to hold us accountable like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think, as I just mentioned, there's, there's so many storylines that can come from observing something from the outside and, um, Kaylee, you'll kind of get a chance to get a little further into what we were actually saying on um, our post-game podcast here on Jolly Rogers and Touchdown Sunday after seeing that. Because nobody's questioning, per se, um, Tom Brady's right to talk to his O-line that way. Most people since he got here knows that. Tom Brady will snap. He will tell you to get in line. He will tell you to step up. And, you know, as a, as a instructor do. here yeah. and there, I, I will tell people in class, like, you're better than that. You can do more than that. You can handle mm-hmm. more than that. So that sentence, I can, I can live by that and thrive off of it. Um, so there's just so many storylines here. And so, guys, if you haven't checked out New Heights, Travis Kelsey and his brother Jason Kelsey's podcast. It is a great comedic relief. Um, If you guys don't know, Travis Kelsey obviously plays tight end for the Chiefs and Jason Kelsey plays on the offensive line for the Eagles, the Eagles who are doing God knows what right now, which is shocking. But anyway, um, I know it's wild, Uh, but Jason Kelsey is an absolute hoot. And so on the newest show, Travis asks his brother, hey, did you see (laughs) Tom Brady going off on the O-line? and um jason kelsey responds and goes he was going he was going off on them boys and then he was like it's tom brady so like i wouldn't say anything either but if it was any other quarterback i'd be like look get in my face again i'm about to put you in that trash can so it also just kind (laughs) of tells you you, more expletives thrown in there as he's saying oh yeah way more i mean every other word (laughs) yes yes thank you for clarifying that because that's what made (laughs) it that much funnier honestly but you know he he was like if it was any other quarterback to be honest i'd be like i'm to put you in that trash can over there because a guy who can't be touched hit or you know roughing the passer as they call it these days can't be in my face telling me how to wrestle somebody over and over again. It's an exhausting position. Um the offensive line and defensive line they're so overlooked for what they have to do over and over again. So that was just, you know, that was so comical to me because I just wanted to share the different perspectives that come into that. But yeah. all that to say, what you just, what you, what you initially said, it's Tom Brady. And mm-hmm. so that just kind of gives this wiggle room for, you know, extra layers of perspective, maybe room to say, Hey, he didn't mean it this way, or he meant it that way, or the fact that people are going to digest that and move on with no issue whatsoever, because it's the go. It's a guy who's won X amount of Super Bowls, It's a guy who has this, you know, work ethic. Personal life and everything aside, um, to hear Jason Kelsey, who's a very, very brazen character, so honest and so funny, be like, look, I wouldn't say anything back to uh, Tom Brady either, but any other quarterback, yeah, that joker would have been out of my face really quick. So we're probably going to share it over at Jolly Rogers TDS on Twitter as well as Instagram because if you guys need a good laugh today, which I think it set my, t- my day on the greatest tone ever aside from screaming, singing in my car in cold weather. Um, that was the greatest laugh. Their episodes are amazing over at new heights. So jo- at jolly TDS, right? Am I missing something, Kaylee? Jolly Rogers, Jolly TDS. Rogers, TDS. Thank you. Mm-hmm. At Jolly Rogers, TDS on Twitter, as well as Instagram. We will share that clip for you guys to have a good time, but let us know what you guys think. Is it, is it totally fine because it's Tom Brady, um, at the end of the day, personal life drama, the way the season started, the way the season's going aside, Tom Brady, for whom you know him to be, would you say anything to the quarterback who's telling you, Hey, you can do better than what you're doing. um, Or do you sit there and take the L and get to practice the next week and move on?
1: Yeah, it's such an interesting question. And Casey, you and I kind of got into it beforehand, but I think Tom Brady with what he's done, he's, he's earned the right to well a he's the leader right so he's earned the right to speak to his team um but b i think it's tom brady and he's earned the right to like say that and again i think this o-line knows we don't expect anything less than that from tom brady um and I'm, i'm gonna like clarify some of my comments from sunday because i i said that I had a problem with that, but I don't have a problem with the fact that he spoke to the O-line. Speak to your O-line anytime you want. Mm -hmm. I had a little bit of an issue with calling, calling out your O-line when we've not seen the level of commitment to football, as Mm -hmm. we've seen from Tom Brady in the past. And When you look at Tom Brady and what he's done in the NFL and what he's done for football, I think what he's proven is that you can be elite based off of your commitment. Yeah. You show up every day. If you're working harder than everyone else, if you're taking it more serious. I mean, this is a guy Casey who used to, and maybe he still does, but he like doesn't drink Alcohol. He will not have a beer during the season because his body is a sanctuary and he treats it like that because he knows he knows that he has to go out and perform every single Sunday, you know. And so he's dedicated, he is committed. And I could probably say without hesitation that looking at his stretch in the NFL, he is the most committed player I have ever seen in the NFL the what he does with his diet the regimen like even again even the fact that he like he won't eat some uh inflammatory vegetables like he he's like a
0: no tomato
1: guy because he made
0: me question food to such an extensive degree I tried tb 12 for a couple months last season oh my
1: gosh it's wild it's (laughs) so wild He Mm -hmm. doesn't drink plain water because it's, because he's, he's like, why drink plain water when I can drink water with electrolytes? Everything I'm doing during the day is like burning calories is expending energy. Mm -hmm. I have to refill my body. So every, I mean, everything that this guy has done from like the way that he eats to the way that he sleeps, to the way that he works out to the way that he lives his entire life has been towards one thing.
0: Yeah. Being
1: good at football. Mm-hmm. And he is. He's very good at it. But why is he good at it? Because he's just insanely talented. That's part of it. He is talented. But he's also more committed than yeah. anyone else. Than anyone else. And commitment wins out every single time, Casey. Every single time. Commitment is going to win. And so whenever you look at Tom Brady... And whenever you're seeing what he's doing, what I'm questioning is not, oh, is is, is he is he doing well? Is he is is he a good leader? No, here's what I'm questioning. I don't know if the old Tom Brady would have so committed. I don't know if the old Tom Brady would missed the amount of time that he's missed because he's so committed and he's so focused. So Mm -hmm. I just want fans to hear me correctly. I don't have a problem with, and, and within that there's like Tom Brady has earned the right to be different. Right, He's earned the right. I'm not saying that he's not allowed to take time off. I'm not saying that he's not allowed to go to a wedding. What I'm saying is it just calls into the question, is there the same level of commitment that there used to be? And I can't answer that question because I'm not Tom Brady, but from the outside, you see this guy who literally dedicated entire of his life, his body, everything towards this one goal. And now he has these other things. Now he's, he's a lot more active on social media. He's got, you know, the Brady brand. He's got podcasts. He's got media. He's, he has other things, which again, I don't fault him for that.
0: But the juggle just might be different now,
1: but it's different than seeing him being completely laser focused a hundred percent on one task, being the best quarterback that he could ever be. I don't know if I see that same level of commitment. I'm not faulting him for that. Dude has a life after football. He's going to, and he needs to set himself up for that. But is the commitment the same? I don't know. Casey, Casey, yeah. it doesn't seem like it's the exact same and that's what i was calling into question and and then to further that it's like if you're if if people are questioning your commitment if your teammates are wondering about your commitment then is it weird or is it is it maybe not the best move is the message going and-
0: to come across the same when exactly. he yells at them during the game 100%. At that moment, then another time where it feels like, oh, yeah, he's all in, all yep. hands on deck. Took the words out. Some of the things that you pointed out last week, you know, there were some plays that weren't on the receivers or the O-line. It was a bad play by Brady. And, you know, it's different. And we have we have vocalized here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns like, hey, we're seeing a more human side. I tried mm-hmm. to be combative with Kaylee about that for a minute. But it's <laughs> true. We are seeing a little bit more of a human side of Brady. He and, you know, he's handling such difficult things on such a large platform and yes some other people have to do the same thing but not exactly in the same arena if you will um at the same time so of course there's the many layers of him being human that we're always going to offer to him but him not having the greatest performance and then you know commitment being called into question and then tearing into the O line it just raised a lot of different eyebrows um but as we said from the top There's always so many storylines when you're looking from the outside in, and as Hainsy said, when you're seeing it on TV versus being there in the moment. And we know that a lot of people adopted to the Tom Brady motto of "That's just football," so we'll let the boys just play football. But Kaylee, speaking of commitment, Mm -hmm. branching off of this just a little bit more, we've got another person who is calling their commitment into question, and that is running back Leonard Fournette, Lenny. Now Instagram list Lenny, according to uh, Jenna Lane over at ESPN, put up a little creative thing or a little writing in his Instagram story yesterday saying that uh, until further notice, he is stepping away from social media. He's got to get better. Okay, Okay. I'm excited to see what this better Lenny looks like. Maybe we're finally about to get the real pumpkin spice Lenny. October is almost done. And we haven't really seen it. I mean, for for these for these basic girls that like to go all in lean into the best of the best part of the season. I think it's time for Lenny to lean. So he's taking a little social media break and he's promising fans that he's going to get better. So put this in perspective, guys, in the top of the year, he came out on social media and said, come out on social media should probably be a different sentence. But he came out on social media, hit social media saying, you know, apologizing to fantasy uh, football owners that he's going to do better came out and had some pretty large performances after that. So now with this social media break, I am I am intrigued to see what kind of Leonard Fournette we get on Sunday versus the Panthers, which leads us into some Bucks offense versus Panthers defense. We got a one o'clock game on Sunday up in North Carolina, guys. And something else to keep in mind it is a short turnaround week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. After they play Sunday, they host the Ravens at Raymond James Stadium on Thursday for a primetime game. Probably, at least for the most part, a better primetime game on a Thursday night than you guys have been getting in the last few weeks. So, hallelujah there, right? Um, McKaylee, speaking of Leonard Fournette, speaking of this run game, you and I have talked about the many ways that this team needs to just step up, correct, figure things out, take opportunities where they can to get creative, maybe even experiment. I like to say get funky. Um, What do you want to see out of this team come Sunday, the offense versus this Panthers defense? Casey, I'm so
1: glad that you brought up Leonard Fournette because that's my first point. Hey. Something has to change, and I'm not saying that it's all on Lenny. Again, we, yeah. go, this goes back to what I said last podcast about sequencing, and that comes down to the coaches and strategy and team strategy. So this is not all on Leonard Fournette's shoulders. Leonard Fournette is a beast, and he when he gets the space that he ha- that he needs. He can go and he can wreak havoc and he can make plays. But it is game. straight up embarrassing. Embarrassing that the fact that this Bucks team is the worst in the NFL in their run game. It is embarrassing, especially with a guy like Leonard Fournette. I mean it it's I can't. It's so <laughs> bad. It's so bad it's so bad. And the fact that you have a guy that is such a strong and powerful runner that, that sees the field well, and that when you do give him the gaps, he can really, again, wreak havoc, make plays. The fact that you have that guy and you have the worst rushing offense in the NFL is pitiful, Mm -hmm. pitiful. Hear me.
0: It's pitiful. (laughs) Get on him.
1: Something has to change. Well, mm-hmm. what does that look like, Kaylee? What has to change is either the play sequencing, figure out a way to call the plays better, more timely runs,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: more opportunistic, you know,
0: or less
1: right, less predictable. That's an option. Probably mm-hmm. should do that. Second, what has to change? More creativity. Get two backs back there. Do a little bit of a, you know, I mean, I know it's Tom Brady, but, like,
0: do an RPO. Like, c-
1: try it.
0: Try it. And even incorporate Rashad White a little bit since you refused to dress out Keyshawn Vaughn. I don't know. I could be crazy.
1: Oh, that's a great point, Casey. Get other guys in the mix. Mix things up. Get more creative. Have two backs back there. Give mm-hmm. Brady some options. Give him some – Get creative, make the defense wonder, what is this Tampa Bay team going to do? Because Mm -hmm. if you have Leonard Fournette back there, they know what you're going to do. And the offensive line isn't good enough yet to be able to just create space. If the other team knows what you're going to do, they're just not Mm -hmm. good enough yet, which I know we're going to get into, but they're there. You can't just give away your plays. So get more creative. Along those lines, get other guys involved. Mm -hmm. What have we been calling for? Okay, maybe a tight end slash pullback (laughs) type of position. I'm crying for it now. Go in there and block and really give Lenny the space that he needs to make plays and Mm -hmm. to get some yards. Because 3.1 average yards per rush is again pitiful. It's not gonna cut it. It's not gonna cut it for this level of team for what this team should be. So, uh, there's another option in there and it kind of alludes to what I was talking about before. You could also work on your O-line.
0: Yes, you can. Specifically,
1: you could work on a guy like Luke Gedecky or excuse me, Luke (laughs) Gedecky.
0: Gedeki. I know. I hate his name so much. (laughs) Sorry, Luke.
1: this is a guy who has The one of the lowest rated guards in pass protection. Um, And I know that's talking about pass protection and we're talking about run, but like, he's not good in the run either. Mm -mm. And Todd Bowles said that they need to assist him. And they do. He said, Luke is a big boy. He can take care of himself. At the same time, Mm -hmm. we have to help him as well. I don't think that you can line anyone up against pro bowlers and play most of the game one-on-one. I don't care if you're an all-pro guard. At the same time, he's got his to use his hands more, and we have to help him. We're going to do that going forward. So to, to break it down, get more creative, do better at play sequencing, add in some tight ends slash fullbacks, and, and really you got to coach
0: up the O line yeah. and
1: that leads you straight into
0: your point. The O line. Well, for starters, actually such a great quote to drop, but for somebody who loves and respects Todd Bowles, I hate what he said about Luke Gattuck. <laughs> they <I> do. <laughs> it's go an, off. It me. feels like a crutch. It feels like a crutch. Anybody can go against a pro bowler and blah, 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 blah. Like. You can't sit there and look at film and you'll typically see John Ledyard or Josh Capo from, well, John's not Peter Report anymore, but you'll see some of the PR guys post film. And if you can see a guy like Donovan Smith pancaking pro bowlers and going one-on-one and toe-to-toe with them, you're giving Luke Gedeke a crutch there. You're enabling him. And do I think he deserves to be completely like crapped on as much as he's getting? No, he's a rookie. He's a young guy who was thrown into the fire, who's, who was expected to take on a, you know, a big load. And like I said, D line and O line, they're very underrated for what they have to take on play by play and snap by snap. I respect the heck out of these guys. The trenches is nothing to undermine, but When you're a young guy and technique is everything in the trenches. So when you're a young guy, still trying to get your bearings in the NFL at NFL speed. And yeah, you're going against pro bowlers. It's going to be tough. It's going to take time for him to get better acclimated and stronger, if you will, because you need a whole different level of strength, you know, say something like that. Hey, Hey, Geteki needs more time to get stronger, more time to work on his technique. We're going to work on it as a team. But don't throw out some BS like you're going up against pro bowlers and da da da. da. And you have other options on the virtual O line that you have created and Jason Light has drafted for that you guys could potentially be using instead of throwing key into the fire game by game. So that just kind of felt like we didn't want to take that L. We're just going to sit here and say everybody needs to uh help in. That's fine. Offensive line, they they function better the more in unison they are. And obviously, with Donovan Smith to Gadecki's left, he can help him. So I will say this with my point being the offensive line. Panthers defense is ranked 32, according to PFF. Gross. They typically run a 4-3 defense, so that's a little bit more of an attack point for this Buccaneers offensive line. Um, Hainsey could have a better game. Uh, Gadecki. I can't speak to what kind of game he will have, but what I can say is that Donovan Smith can play a more supportive role versus this Panthers defensive line. Um, so I feel like it's also very timely that Todd Bowles said, hey, we have to help him out and did it. Well, yeah, you can versus the Panthers. So now you guys kind of see why I'm going off about this crutch here. The two interior guys for the Panthers defense have racked up one sack total. So we're looking at hopefully uh, a nice clean jersey for Tom Brady on Sunday versus the Panthers. Now, what I will say before I go any further into this O-line is I'm never after last week, well, even after my scarring last year, I'm not going to go into any game underestimating a desperate opponent. Panthers are desperate; they have a lot going on. They just lost their head coach, you know. Obviously, this lost three going. games in a
1: row, similar to what it was whenever the,
0: you walked into the Steelers. Just yes. By Only the way, difference is they don't have Mike Tomlin, who's one of the greatest no. out there. But still, but still, you don't play with desperate teams. You don't play with mm-hmm. the desperate person. Desperate people are dangerous. That's what my parents say. My parents are right about a lot of things. So with that said, going up against this this, this interior uh defensive line for, for the Panthers, this can be a good learning curve for a Luke Dedickey, um a great pan game for a Donovan Smith. Tristan Worf should have a hey day versus Gross Matos. Uh Gross Matos can come up, you know, with a with a play here or there, but other than that it's Tristan Worf's who you want to talk about pro bowl caliber that's that's him all day and then obviously all-american as well so what i will say to add to your running game point creativity point and just do better is that how about <laughs> while lukadecki is getting a crutch on his left side from donovan smith instead of trying to typically run the ball on the left side over and over and over and over again i know that happened to end up playing out well versus dallas but it hasn't really fared well since so how about we run it to the right side, where you've got Tristan Wirfs, who's going to have himself a day versus Gross Matos. And um, yeah, let Lenny redeem himself. As he said, according to Instagram, he has to do better, get better, and all the things. And let's see Rashad White get more action into the game. I will literally be so upset if we go to watch another game, Kaylee. Away game, so turn on our televisions, and we see no creativity versus this Panthers team, and we don't see the two guys who have helped pave away. way two games ago, not get more reps. Unfortunately, as I've mentioned previously here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, we will be seeing more Kate Outen. I don't say, unfortunately about saying more Kate Outen. I say, unfortunately, because of the circumstances, it shouldn't take cam Brake getting hurt to see Kate Outen out there with more reps. Um, but that's why I say, unfortunately, with Cameron break being out and probably for a significant amount of time with the next brain, you're going to see Kate Outen step into that tight end one role. And it would It would be so beneath them to not actually play him functionally at the tight end starting position and utilize him. You have to start allowing this kid to build confidence and make plays for you in the middle of the field. If you don't put that weight on somebody's shoulders on this team, you're going to get eaten alive because you're taking on the Ravens, Prime time, Thursday night, short turnaround week. Then you're taking on the Rams, and then you're heading overseas. We know what big flights do to legs and all that other stuff to take on a Seahawks that you shouldn't discount whatsoever because Geno Smith is probably having one of the best seasons of his life regardless of the results on the scoreboard. So all that to say that this is a perfect game to really add a learning curve here. Let this offensive line have a big practice, have big practices this week and allow them to utilize this practice, build off of these practices to have a great performance versus the Panthers. So don't handicap Luke Getticke. I'm not counting him out yet. While he might not be doing all that great. And you know, look, I'm not that technical into O-line or statistical. Um, as I mentioned, there's a couple guys you can go check out and give you so much in-depth things to look into and pay attention to while watching the Bucks, But I think that he's just being thrown in the fire and some people adapt that way. Some people don't, some people offensive line wise, you don't see them step into their full potential until their third and fourth year Mm -hmm. in the league, you know? So we could take it a little, I am going to take it a little easier on Luke at Don't, don't, don't embarrass him by saying that he needs support along the line, teach him how to do better and figure out what he needs learning wise to put his hands in the right place, to stay low in his stance, to be more explosive off the line, and to play a dominant role so that he's not always relying on Donovan Smith, who, by the way, guys, isn't even 100%. He's nursing and doing a pain management of a hyperextended elbow. Mm-hmm. So that's the other reason why I didn't love that statement of, like, everyone supporting him. Your biggest support mm-hmm. system to your left side there, and he's not 100%. With that said, we're looking at two teams that are dead even nearly uh, when it comes to their run play percentage and their pass play percentage. This is an opportunity for the Bucs to step up in one category or the other, and this is where I want to see the pass game flourish. I will embarrass myself again. I will stand on my soapbox one more time and beg – bag for Mike Evans to have over a 100 yard performance because why Mm -hmm. not? This is your chance to get your guy who's typically in the 1000 plus yard category for the past eight seasons back in that category. This is that game. Find Mike Evans utilize Mike Evans. The Panthers have just as extensive of as an injury list as the Bucks do. And they have, I think three of their secondary players on there with injuries, which means they're a little banged up and the size matchup and, and even the skill matchup between Mike Evans and these guys. no, Use Mike Evans, get that passing game going, reestablish that chemistry and uh, that confidence between Brady and Evans, Brady and Godwin. Godwin took some pretty big hits last week, but thank God we've seen you know nothing in the injury reports and we've seen no slowing down um, from him and nothing came out of practices last week or practices yesterday, Wednesday. So that should be good news. But then also get K and involved, get those tight ends involved, use them and change up this game which takes us to, or back to Kaylee, Tom Brady. What does he need to do on Sunday? While I'm sitting here calling for the resurrection of Mike Evans' over 100-yard performance, where do you see Tom Brady?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's the point that you nailed on the head. I mean, that's my point. In addition to, to figuring out something with the run game and and like you said, stepping up with the O-line, getting other guys involved, you have to use the weapons that you're given. Mm-hmm. And you have some explosive weapons that are really, really talented in the passing game. And so you have to step up in the passing game. You have like you don't have an option. You need to do better there. So looking at some of the gradings for the wide receiving, Chris Godwin is ninth according to pro football focus in the NFL as a wide receiver. Like he has been your most productive wide receiver to date. I think he's the Bucks top PFF player, right? He is. Yeah. Yeah. And so you need to continue to use him, utilize him, but that doesn't mean because here's what, where Chris Godwin is really good. He's really good at, at making those plays and moving the ball. Mm Mm-hmm. Where are your other guys good? Because they're also ranked fairly high on the PFF list. Let's look. Mike Evans, he has a 75.2% rating. Julio Jones has a 72.4% rating. You need to get those guys in the mix. And now those guys are going to be maybe a little bit more of your explosive plays, right? Like, look to those guys – like. Okay, let's say you run the ball on first down. Try something different on second down. Mm -hmm. at third down, please. Look (laughs) to Mike Evans down the field for more than 15 yards. Like, let's see what this guy can do because he does make plays. And Mike Evans is a guy that, like, he doesn't need as many receptions as Chris Godwin to get and to rack up those numbers, to rack up those positive yards. So, I'm not saying you have to hit him every single time, you know, on third down. If, if, if you get to a third down, maybe you don't because you hit Mike Evans on second down, but if you get to a third down, you know what, go back to old reliable, hit up Chris Godwin, move the chains, get that first down, but then look down the field and use a guy like Mike Evans, use a guy like Julio Jones, because here's the thing. When Brady is throwing for over three hundred yards, according to Pro Football Focus, he has a fifty-one, like he has a fifty-one percent chance of of doing that in, mm-hmm. in this game specifically. Like he should be doing that, but like even the fact that it's only fifty-one percent is kind of a bad thing. Like this is Tom Brady.
0: Yeah, like, that was probably scared to give them too much credit this week.
1: He should have a, he should have more of a percentage for throwing for over 300 yards. But the reason that he's not is because of play sequencing and because they're not moving the ball down the field very well. Mm -mm. And so again, it's just about like, gosh, I just wish I could like be in the room with the coaches. It's just about (laughs) taking it up. Right. Like, it's just about like changing up the play sequencing. Don't keep doing things that are not being successful Mm -hmm. and the way that you're running, not successful, the way that you're passing, not successful. So you have it it, again, it's broke. You got to fix it. So (laughs) figure things out. Chris Godwin is super reliable on some of those short yardage, six yards. Go to Chris Godwin, eight yards, go to Chris Godwin. Mm -hmm. But like, if you want to try something different, if you're, if you, if, if like, if you're, if it's not going to hurt, go for a Mike Evans, go for a Julio Jones, like hit them down the field. Brady's updated passer rating is now under pressure is 48. That's not great. So again, it goes a little bit back to the O line. And I think that this is in part why Brady doesn't have time to like hit a Mike Evans, hit a hit hit a Julio Jones down the field. This O line has to step up. You have to get you have to give him a little bit more time, um, because like Mike Evans is fast, but he like he, he needs a little bit of time to run down the field if you're going to make those long plays. So Casey, I really want them to step up this passing game. They have all of the people to be able to do it. Um, but now switching gears into defense for me. The
0: defense is very simple, but I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> I was going to say, along the lines of stepping up, um, this is the other, I mean, the entire team needs to step up as a whole, but yes, defense very much needs to step up in many, many ways. Something that Greg Alman posted that really just kind of tortured my brain. I had to read it so many times as if I didn't know it for myself. Um, I knew it. But then when you, when you hear it this way, it just really kind of haunts you when you see what this team did week one and two versus what they've done for the last couple of weeks. So, for one, this Bucks defense, as we all know, has regressed in takeaways. A key part of that, in my opinion, was Logan Ryan being out because he was a big, significant part of those takeaways. Um, so, Greg Almond tweeted that Tampa Bay tied for the NFL, leading with eight takeaways in the first three weeks. In the last three weeks, Tampa Bay has totaled one, tying for 27th place. The only team lower below that is Miami with zero takeaways. That's a disturbing stat for a defense that you and I were screaming from the top of the hills was potentially one of the best in the NFC, and now these statistics uh, very much do not add up to that. So I think the Bucs defense still ranks at about a 10, according to PFF, going against the Panthers offense that sits at 26. Mm So. That just takes us back to the key points that we had on the previous Charlie Rogers and touchdowns episode on Odyssey takeaways are going to be key. Um, but before we get into secondary, because I know you've got a key player that should be making a difference when it comes to the, the one of the most minor things that we're asking, in my opinion, uh, I'm going to take it back to the line. The defensive line, PFF grading wise, Bucks' defensive line sits at a solid percentage lower than the Panthers' offensive line. So, something to keep in mind here. We haven't seen as much explosion out of a guy like Vita Vea. Logan Hall was limited participation yesterday alongside of Carlton Davis III. So, we think, I mean, all should be fine. Um, As Kaylee mentioned, a lot of it just could be body management on a short turnaround as well. Vita Vea and Logan Hall need to apply a lot of pressure to former Buckeye, Um, the center for the Panthers. Pat Elflin. I hope I'm saying his name correctly, obviously. And uh, Austin Corbin, who sits at a C average for pass blocking and run blocking. Now, I bring that up for a couple of reasons. We need to see a bigger performance out of Villavea, who got a huge payday and should be a, a louder presence on this defense. Um, somebody did point out to me, hey, you know, he's taking on a lot of double teams. He's putting in the work. He's doing a lot of work. Yeah, but it comes down to tech technique that." helps you take on those double teams and still apply pressure and kind of get inside and at least shake up a quarterback to make you think that you're going to get in there. You know, we've seen Vitavea get a sack. We've seen his ability to take on double teams and still, um, you know, come up with a sack or come up with, you know, pushing the quarterback out of pocket there. So we definitely... Can't you know again? Let's not enable anybody who showed us their their skill set and their ability. Um, also, I bring up the Austin Corbin situation because that's typically going to be a matchup that Logan Hall takes on. Logan Hall uh, started you know, adding to his sack column for, for the first of his NFL career, I'm pretty sure he's sitting at two NFL sacks as of now. And he's somebody who just said in the locker room last time I got a chance to chat with him. Hey, I want to build off of that. Now that I kind of got that going there, I feel more confident about the attack. I feel more confident about getting inside and getting those sacks. So this team as a whole, something else that they need to load up on, on their, in the, uh, not takeaway column, but another column that they need to really rack up in is sacks. They were doing so well with the sacking performance beforehand, um, and kind of sticking to the line, but now moving to the outsides. So you have Shaq Barrett, who has had a pretty silent performance the last two games, which is surprising. This is the quarterback who in training camp was asking for a challenge. Um, and when the challenges presented themselves, you know, he's kind of sitting low. And silent in those um in those tackle rankings in the last two games. So what I will say is Shaq Barrett has a resurrection opportunity here in spooky SCN. Um people laugh that I say SZN, but I know it says season, guys, but I I don't know. I just like I I make up all my own stuff. Um but Shaq Barrett should be able to have a nice little spooky, fun performance here in a big game versus tackle Taylor Morton or not Morton modern. M O T O N. <laughs> One day I'm, I'm going to stop giving everybody nicknames, but it uh, has an opportunity to come up big, especially if and when the Panthers choose to run the ball. Um, Their run percentage is nothing, nothing elite here, and maybe they can start getting back in that you know, shut down the run column. This is a good team to do that against. Again, a learning curve here. You don't go in here underestimating a desperate team, but you definitely go in here saying we can clean up, we can fix some things, and we can get some we can get creative on some things. Um so that's my that's my thing with the O line or not the O line, the defensive line, Haley, but I know you've got somebody in the secondary who could be the you speaker.
1: know I do. <laughs> uh Casey The Panthers know how to do one thing and they know how to do one thing well. And that's run the ball
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because of Christian McCaffrey. You have to be good in the pass rush. You have to be able to put pressure. Mm -hmm. Who does that the best? Antoine Winfield Jr. This is not that this kid hasn't already shown and not that he hasn't already shown out. I mean, this kid is a monster out there. And the fact that he's able to get up in that nickel package and really provide pressure Mm -hmm. I love it. I love him. hashtag Antoine Winfield Jr. for forever. (laughs) Um, You know, cowboy for forever. But here's the thing: this is going to be again. He he's already shown this season, but like he's gonna ball out this game, especially against the guy like Christian McCaffrey. Like this, like this is a time earn your money. Like Mm -hmm. go out there and like. Get yourself paid, Antoine Winfield Jr. Show up against a Christian McCaffrey team and a Panthers team that rely on one thing, the run game. Go out there and stop them. This is your time to shine. And I mean, like the defensive line as a whole, like they need to all step up and do their thing. But mm-hmm. I'm specifically looking at Antoine Winfield Jr. because what he's done this season, the way that he's been able to provide pressure in that pass rush and be, he, be able to go up in there and like really, it like it's it's amazing. It's amazing. And so I just think that he's going to like really provide a lot of pressure to the quarterback, to the O-line, to Christian McCaffrey. I think he's going to be – he's so good at that, and I and I really anticipate him continuing to shine in that way so that he uh, – I mean, he's just going to ball out this week. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Antoine Winfield Jr. is my guy. He's going to shine this week. I'm calling his name. I'm calling <laughs> his number. Um, go out there. Do your thing. Again, this is a one-dimensional team. Take care of business, defense.
0: Love that, Kaylee. Definitely love the call on Antoine Winfield Jr., the one person we see having fun with football no matter what the score is. <laughs> so hopefully this will be a big game for him. And then um, post game on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, Kaylee will be announcing him as her standout player because he earned uh, it totally. I, totally. I anticipate that happening for sure. I, I if there's one thing to stand by. You can always you can always stand by Antoine Winfield Jr. showing up. And uh kind of one of the final points when it comes to Bucks defense versus the Panthers offense, more than likely we're gonna see Phillip Walker um at that quarterback position. The 27-year-old has a passer rating under pressure of 39.6%. So when we talk about a defense having fun, this pass rush defense should have themselves a day. When it comes to his career as a total, he sits at 57.6% completion and has 850 career passing yards, two touchdowns, and eight interceptions. So if it doesn't come down on the pass rush, having themselves a day, and we go back to that takeaway conversation, this secondary needs to step up and have some fun. Maybe that's just what we need to call it. Have some freaking fun. Jamil Dean, Mr. P signed himself, Mr. Back-to-back interceptions uh, versus the Saints, if you will. This is another game for you to just have some freaking fun. Get into those passing lanes. Get some interceptions under your belt. Not just knocking down balls. Wrap up on your tackles, everybody. This is, again, a learning curve here. Use this game to just reignite, resurge yourself as a team. Get that electricity back in you. Uh, We tweeted about this at Jolly Rogers TDS on Twitter, obviously, saying that this team needs to get their buzz back. And so this is a way to go about doing so. Another thing to keep in mind when it comes to Walker, if he's the guy in the pocket is that he has 0% for big time throw percentage, which means he's probably going to be that guy when he's not handing the ball off, he's going to be doing those underneath passes, which we know sometimes does uh, move the ball for the opposing team versus this Bucks defense, something that if you're watching film all week, and if if I can predict it, you can be prepared for it on defense because it's your career. It's your job. Um, And then as for stopping the run game, Christian McCaffrey did take a rest day, but he should be good to go for Sunday. Um, with them having a touch and go run game. Um, it's because it depends on how healthy Christian McCaffrey is. He's, he's that driving force there. Something else to keep in mind that this team should know after studying and preparing all week and, um, Levante David, while the numbers were not great, he was the leading tackler last week versus that Steelers team. So a guy that I think and would also predict would build off of that performance, get higher in that in that tackle totals, if you will. And look, I don't want to call his number, but Devin White, get back to the drawing board, bud. That guy who was sitting uh, for press conferences during training camp, that guy that said, "Hey, I know what I was doing wrong last season. I cleaned it up. I'm more focused. I'm more strategic." get that focus back, get that strategy back in your game, get off social media, stop worrying about what media and everybody else is saying. You have so much potential, dude. Just go out there and have fun. There's no reason Devin White can't have a big game on Sunday, redeem some of the some of the stuff from the last couple of weeks. Some people might agree, some people might not agree. But whether you love him or you hate him, when Devin White is focused, strategic, and ready to play and just having himself a time, yeah, he's a player that makes a huge difference on this defense. So I want to see the Bash brothers go to town. I want to see some dynamic plays out of this defense. They have an opportunity here, which leads us to, if you're not going to step up, then you got to step off the boat and you're gonna have to walk the plank. If you're not gonna show up versus the Panthers mm-hmm. on Sunday, um, Kaylee, I know we've kind of like had walk the planks. we haven't we've last week, I was more of like a disappointed parent. I was like,
1: I'm not even gonna <laughs> punish you
0: guys. I just want you to know that I'm sad.
1: I just, want, just want you to excited.
0: know that I'm sad. That hits <laughs> deeper than anything, though. My mom's sad voice would send me over the edge. I don't know how well, my sisters were so rebellious because I'm over here like if I see a twinkle in her eye of any emotion, I'm gonna lose it. So yeah, no, I'm I'm, a, I'm with
1: you. That's why I, I took that perspective. I was like, you know what? I'm not even. I'm 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 bordering on apathetic now. I'm just <laughs> disappointed. So. But Casey, nobody's today, this episode, we're not getting, we're not getting let go. I'm, I'm bringing the heat again and my walk the plank is going to be for, I mean, it's not that I think that you're terrible, but it's, but it's, (laughs) I just, it hasn't played out yet. And I could eat my words in a few weeks or by the end of the season. But right now, my walk the plank is going to be for the Bucks front office because they signed a bunch of free agents. Mm. And with the thought of saying, "Hey, you know what? Like last year we weren't healthy, and that's part of the reason why we weren't able to like make a strong playoff push. And what happened this year?" Well, let me read it to you. Julio Jones. 6 million dollars, 8 million with incentives. You know how many games he's missed, Casey? 4. He's a Keem Hicks, 32 years old, 8 million dollar one year contract. You know how many games he's missed, Casey? 4. Terrified. Logan Ryan, 31. 1.21 million dollars. Not as bad. Uh, how many games has he missed? 2. He's got a fracture in his foot. And he's gonna be gone for a while. Kyle Rudolph was paid two million dollars for one year. He's not even active. He missed four <laughs> games, not even for an injury. No, nope. but you paid him.
0: Just not dressing million. out. We <laughs> paid him.
1: Russell Gage, three millions, three years, thirty million. He missed a lot of training camp, some practices. And he's just not in sync with Brady. What's what's his 7.7 yards per catch? It's a little bit underwhelming. <laughs> I'm I'm going to, uh, you know, spare you the continuation. But I just don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. I know what you are thinking. You need some guys that are going to go out here and be explosive. But guess what? They haven't been. So it's just something where. You got to walk the plank because I know you – and again, maybe I'll eat my words, but right now, the money that you spent is not paying off. It's nope, not it's sitting. Off yet. It's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Hurt or inactive. Why? <laughs> Why? Why is Kyle Rudolph inactive?
0: I will never understand this, and I know a lot of people don't think he's that great of a tight end. I think the things that he does well could still contribute to this offense. Um, hello, but – I will I will just I will nope, I can't get on that soapbox right now because my blood pressure will just <laughs> I, I still believe in Kyle Rudolph, morning. guys.
1: I'm I did just... it to myself this morning, Casey.
0: <laughs> it's, it's hard not to. It's really hard yeah. not to. But you know what? Casey, We're passionate here at Jolly Rogers. Who's
1: walking the plank for you?
0: You know, I'm going to take a little bit of a of a comedic route here. Well, okay. it's not funny for anybody, but maybe jokes on me. Okay, to the people who create these Twitter accounts that look real, um just don't just be you know, be an alias that's that's not NFL because yesterday, which by the way, kids, don't tweet and drive. Um, I've been Me. on low sleep and low Yeah, capacity. what's
1: happening? I'm so I, yesterday I on Twitter
0: it. there was a fake NFL account, but all I saw was NFL. I didn't see the at whomever.
1: Oh. And it was like Odell
0: Beckham Jr. signs to the Vikings. So at a glance, I'm at a stoplight just going yeah. through you know, I look through my phone at, at extended yeah. stoplights. Why not? Or no, don't do it. Um, and so I see that at a glance and I, and I quote tweet it and I'm like, Oh, OBJ and Jefferson together, dot, dot, dot with like big eyes. Now I didn't sit there and confirm it as any sort of news, but I was, I was just more so like, Holy crap, this would be a wild yeah. one. Yeah. Vikings. And then by the time I opened my Twitter again and I was on my way to teach.
1: Oh, you got trolled.
0: I got so trolled because it was like, come on, Casey, how'd you fall for the LOL? Got to do better. Pay attention, all these things. And I'm like, come on like I I get it you're you guys are right you're right in the sense to where like I should have looked at it a little longer than a stoplight punch and go but in the same sense just stop be be you be whoever Jeff T186769 was and make your meme <laughs> and throw it up there but if I have to sit there and spend an extra 50 minutes on Twitter to make sure that it's a viable source like, uh, yeah the point of Twitter and the fact we can't edit our freaking tweets to be reliable sources yeah Uh, so i just anybody who's out there with these these ridiculous accounts walk the plank And you know what? I'll take responsibility for my glance. I'll join you. I'll throw myself off the, off the boat for a quick little dive refresher, wake up. But at that point, gosh, and you know what? Fake news or not fake news. I still think it would be a one, two punch. If the Vikings got Odell Beckham jr. Alongside Jefferson, because they barely use Adam Thielen, who I thought was great and a key part of that Viking system. And if you add OBJ to the mix with a guy like uh, Kevin, who's, learned from Sean McVeigh. Uh we saw what he did in a Sean McVeigh system. So that's my rant. People on the Twitter do better and yes. Do better. I'll- for uh, my little, my little moment of not paying attention. So do not tweet (laughs) and drive.
1: (laughs) Don't tweet and drive. You heard it here first on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We hope that you get a lot out of it, a lot out of this preview episode. Let us know what you liked on Jolly Rogers at uh, TDS on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can find me at Kaylee Mizell. You can find our episodes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, but specifically on the Odyssey app. She's Casey Hudson. She can be found at the Sports Case. That's K-A-S-E. We will catch you guys next time.